from 87 Lafayette, it's Coronapod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. So Adam, what substantive things do we have to say about the federal bailout program? So Give think, me your hot take. I think uh, the hot take is that the Fed is doing what they can. I'm really glad that we learned as much from 2008 as we did. Banks seem well capitalized. Margin calls are more um, speculative than actually happening right now. So you've been reading money stuff. The, the financial sector is secure. My 20-day antibiotic course is over. I'm drinking a beer. I'm here with you. Things, things feel okay. Things feel okay. Things feel okay. You know, I will say, though, one thing that is not feeling okay is my food situation. I'm in a rut in terms of recipes. A, a recipe rut, you might call it. I feel like every night I'm making the same thing. I'm just not getting creative, imaginative. I need inspiration. Yeah, I think part of that comes from the stress of going to the grocery store. I yes. Am, I am a... Minimal ingredients. I am a uh, once-a-day marketer person. You know, even Same. though I live Same. in New York City and live in America, land of the fill up your SUV at the grocery store once a week, I am a, what do I want to eat right now? And let me go to the grocery store and execute on that. And that can't happen anymore. That should not happen. We should be spending minimal time outside, and that means going to the grocery store and buying everything at once. And that requires a degree of planning that I am completely uncomfortable with, because mm-hmm. planning, to me, always has a negative connotation. I plan my work, and outside of work, everything is an unplanned adventure, and that's really hard. So I, I completely sympathize with you. That said, I think there are things we can do to improve that. I think there are ways to start saving recipes that we want, that we want to try, and putting them together. And then when we go to the grocery store, having a list. I do not make a list when I go to the grocery store. Yeah, me neither. I just see what looks good, and then I take it home, and you you end up making what you made last week because the stuff that was good at the grocery store last week is the same stuff that looks good at the grocery store this week. Yeah, you know, I I feel like there are a few things at work. One is, you know, as a vegetarian, I need to make sure I'm getting enough protein and I've not been very inspired on that front recently and chickpeas are very inexpensive, very easy to buy in large numbers when you do go to the grocery store. So as Catherine pointed out to me today, she thinks that I am in the 1% of chickpea eaters. Uh, So I feel like my chickpea eating may be like a little beyond the pale. And then, you know, in addition to this recipe rut, I feel like this situation, work from home situation, has been bad for my citrus addiction. I'm holding a clementine right now. I think I've been eating like a bag of clementines a day. It's not good. That's that's too much citrus. I'm not going to get scurvy um, if if I... Pull back on my citrus. This, a this bit. is not an exaggeration, by the way. I can eat one clementine, and in the time it takes me to do that, I will look over, <laughs> and there will be three to four clementine peels ready for the compost. What can I say? I love, I love clementines. I mean, cle- they're an amazing, uh, an amazing snack to have in the late morning, the early afternoon, the late afternoon, the late evening, early evening, anytime. 
a clementine is a good thing to have. So I, I will say though, my my spending on clementines is way up since now I can eat them all day instead of when I just come home. I will say one other funny food related thing that we've been dealing with is we norm we keep our compost in the freezer. And we normally bring the compost to the Fort Greene Farmer's Market. And the Fort Greene Farmer's Market did take place last weekend, but there was no no compost. Luckily, we live in Fort Greene where there is curbside compost. However, we are in a building with a restaurant. The restaurant is unfortunately closed. Um, But the restaurant uses all of kind of the, the trash cans were allocated. So we do not get a compost curbside. So I've actually really been enjoying taking walks uh, when we have to drop out the compost and wandering through the neighborhood and finding a compost <laughs> can that looks good and dumping our compost somewhere else. We, we feel a little sketchy doing it. Yeah, but we're going to get in trouble for this eventually. This is not, you know, and now our dozens and dozens of listeners are going to hear about this and people people are going to find out what we've been doing and we're, we're going to get in big trouble for this. I'm... I don't know why you ratted us out, on the air, no less. I, uh, I ratted myself out yesterday saying that I was falling asleep doing something for work. Got called out by that, uh, by some colleagues today. Today, I am admitting that I am committing some ungodly municipal offense by putting my trash in someone else's uh, trash area. But, you know, what? we're all in this together, and I think... Most people would agree it is better to compost than to put it in a landfill. I do think most people would agree for that. Would agree with that. And you know, you're uh, you've got a taste for danger, and uh, you know you're you're fulfilling that need by putting your compost in in other people's compost bins. So I applaud you for uh, doing that. I guess. Yeah. So I think we should get on to our guest today. Absolutely. You listeners, I'm sure you've heard all about it. Um, Colleges were actually, and universities were actually, some of the fastest movers on shutting things down for coronavirus. And that has left a lot of students in the lurch. Our guest tonight is Raphael. He is a senior at Columbia University. He is an international student. And we're really curious to kind of find out, like, what happened? What was it like as Columbia shut down seemingly overnight? What his plan is for the rest of the semester? What's his plan as a senior? And then also, what, what are students thinking and saying about what's been called Zoom University as they start to take their classes over Zoom? So, Raphael, uh, welcome, welcome to Coronapod. I'm honored to be a guest. So can you walk us through kind of what happened uh, with Columbia? What warning did you get, if any? Kind of how did that communication go? So the Columbia story is actually extremely funny. So you know when the coronavirus hit, and for a a hot second, uh, corona beers were kind of like selling for cheap before they became popular. And so there was a store in New Jersey, I think, that, was, that had like a discount on Corona beers wholesale. And so a bunch of rugby guys went up there and bought the beers for wholesale. And then they threw a party with the Coronas. And one of the guys in this party had seen his mom the weekend before. And 
After the party had ended, he texts the group chat the next day, the Monday, the Sunday before classes, before the Monday when classes are cancelled. He's like, oh, uh, my dad just tested positive. My mom has been in close contact with my dad. I just saw my mom uh, a couple of days before the party. And so everyone who attended this party was tightly packed space. You know how college dorm parties are small space, 50, 60 people in. So someone, some of you guys might have it. And so we ended up having class cancelled for the rest of that week. We got two days off. And we, yeah, we got two days off and then the other three days we were to do that online. And so that, that was the beginning of the shutdown. And so when they took classes online, we all assumed it was going to be temporary. And so they're like, oh, we might start classes, physical classes of the spring break. And so they just kind of kept it big. And then I think the first weekend into spring break, then they sent out an email saying that there was no longer going to be physical classes for the rest of the semester. And they're uh, like, uh, it's okay if you're not stay on campus, just practice good social distancing. And then it escalates later, about four or five days later, they send out another email and they're halfway through spring break and they're like, we'd love for you guys to move out as soon as possible after spring break. And they set some hard deadlines. Uh, like, if you need to stay on campus, we'll have, uh, the, these are the following conditions. One, your country has to be like level six, level three, sorry, CDC designation meaning that there's an active travel advisory against going there because of the coronavirus. Or one, you have to have visa issues, which means potentially being a senior and your visa being expiring before, expiring at graduation, which means if you try to come back into the country to work, that might be a little bit tricky given you will not have your I-20 EAD applications done by then. And that, that's where you fall, right? You are a, a Kenyan citizen, you are a senior, you are hoping to work in the U.S. after, and if you left the United States right now to go back to Kenya, you you probably would not be able to get back in. I'd be able to get back in just as a tourist. But not to work? No. Because my... So the way it works is your service, the, the record, it ends 60 days after graduation if you don't activate it for employment. Got it. So, yeah. so where are you now? Well, I'm still on campus. It's pretty nice here. It's very quiet and surreal. There's barely anybody here. How how are you spending your days on campus? It must be a little bit. You said it's nice, but also must be a little bit eerie. Um, you know, to be in the space that you've known for four uh, years and is now totally empty. Yes, it feels like at times you walk around and you feel like Will Smith in the movie. I am legend. You just do have a dog. <laughs> and where where are your most of your friends and classmates? Are they still on campus or? Uh, most of my American friends have gone home. Most of my international friends, same boat as me, they're here. We we hang out at least once a day. We go for a run together, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's 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 weird. You don't know how much you care about graduation until you're told you won't have it. Hmm. And so, what what are they doing for graduation? Is they're going to be some kind of virtual ceremony? Uh, there'll be no virtual graduation, but diplomas will be conferred on May 20th. I will say that the one bright side of all of this is Columbia students always talk about how the minute the weather gets nice, they completely cover all the lawns and beautiful places to lounge with bleachers for commencement. So this year, you will be able to enjoy the beautiful weather on the Columbia campus because there will be no one there to take that from you. Uh, I'm 
saw that. I would rather, I'd rather bleachers cover it though. Like I was on, so it's just not even about graduation. It's so as a senior, there are like a sequence of activities that begin happening after spring break. And so you have your senior boat cruise, you have your senior branch, you have your senior toast, you have your senior spring gala, and you have your senior class day. And those are activities that I, that I was really looking forward to. So and now none of them is there because it's like our last chance to like bond with friends, catch up with people you haven't seen since freshman year. And probably one of the most painful ones is there's no longer senior scramble. What is, what is senior scramble? Oh, so if you've, if you've had a crush on someone for the last four years, you, it's simply like a matching website for crushes before they graduate. Ah. Hmm. You know, it's, it's funny. We have talked on this show about what must be happening on dating apps in the middle of this pandemic. One thing I'm wondering is, are you and your classmates doing anything to commemorate your graduation and being seniors in a more informal way, in a way outside of what the university administration is doing? Uh, So we're having a bunch of Zoom parties. (laughs) Like, Zoom parties have become a thing that people actually wake up and go from, like, Zoom parties, and they're like, oh, I can only go to one Zoom party today. So, things like that's happening a lot. And I don't know, like, the people still, there's, there's still a little bit of fame going around. People are talking about uh, it crashing the 2021 commencement. Like, a lot of wild ideas going around, or, like, one big class reunion a year later at the end of the year. So, I guess we're still dealing with it. What is... What is yeah. school like right now? So when you're not on Zoom for parties, you're on Zoom for classes. And can you connect? Yeah. Oh, that, uh, Zoom for classes is great and terrible at the same time. So I have a 70-year-old astronomy professor who taught the first half of his lecture on Zoom with his audio off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that was something. I only realized that his audio was off when he asked uh, when he asked, "Can anyone? Does anyone have a question?" and then looked into the chat and looked to his screen to see whether anyone had a question. I just saw all the messages we've been sending your audios off. Yeah, and then it's also it's creating room for a lot of entertaining stuff to happen during class. So for one of my art history classes, uh, everyone changed their picture or their, their their Zoom image into like some piece of you know the the classical art memes page. Yes to memes from that page. <laughs> so when the professor is showing like a piece of art, all you see at the top of the tiles are like memes of different arts. And that was actually really funny. Got it. So this is this is for our viewers is if you imagine that famous I believe it's Rembrandt work where there's the doctor operating and there are all the people around the patient. Everyone in the Zoom chat change their face to one of those kind of people watching the operation. Is, is that yes. kind of what's happening, Raphael? Yes, 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 yes. And is it effective? You know, when the audio is on, do you still feel like you're learning? Or do you kind of think, like, why are they even bothering? This is... Uh, for, for some classes, yes, but for some classes, no. So, for example, for my art history class, my Egypt history class, like, I am fine attending those, those lectures over Zoom and hearing what they have to say, but for my more mathematical and statistical classes, 
it's just a really hard to like land when you cannot have that back and forth with a professor that you can normally have when you're in an impassive lecture. Because that is where like at least most of the learning happens is because you you think you understand something and then you ask him a question and then he corrects you and you ask another question and that goes back and forth and you really nail down the concept and that is extremely hard to do with Zoom because one just they, because also these are like lectures like the sheer number of people asking questions and like that annoying thing for switching from like one person's audio to the other when people are talking so it's just yeah how are um how are exams and papers and grades working have has oh. the school figured that out yet or is it still in flux? Yes. so it's gonna be pass fail for the entire semester so my professors have said i if you leave this class right now and you don't show up again I will still pass you. I cannot fail you in any good. I cannot find it within my heart to fail you. Um, so all the classes are going to be pass-fail, and they're still going to count for your major. Um, since all the classes are pass-fail, most of the teachers have skilled back on assessment. So for my... I had this major research paper due for the, for the, Egypt, for the Egyptian history class. It's been cancelled because... He's like, if I'm going to give you all pass-fail, there's no need to have this much comprehensive assessment. And so, pass-fail, skilled back assessment. So, to, to ask the, like, super uh, nerdy question, is this destroying some people's GPAs who maybe, like, oh, thought of this as, like, the semester oh, there, to there fix was, their GPA? Okay, there was an entire war on all Columbia class groups on this. So, let me find... Let me let me let me find one of the one of the most legendary posts and I'll read it out to you. So yeah, there's been a lot of there's been a there's been a lot of people are not happy with this. Like there's a decent amount of people that are not happy with this. Right, because this you know you might have been struggling. This is the semester where you get everything together. You're looking for those four A's and and you're not going to get that anymore. I yeah, thought, you know, I said that at, at the beginning of every semester. <laughs> yeah, so would I get that. But they've actually been very comprehensive arguments in the group chat. So people are even starting, like, changing their old petitions. So some people are arguing that they needed this semester to boost their grades because they need to show their grades for grad school. Uh, some med students are worried that their, their, their pass-fail grades will not count for med school and then how about announce that they'd be accepting pass-fail grades for med school applicants for this particular semester, and they, I think they're okay with it. And then one, there was also another radical suggestion to instill making the semester pass fail to make it A, A minus. So if you pass, you get an A. If you, get, if you fail, you get an A minus. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the magical response to that suggestion. To everyone calling for an all A's policy or ADF, this policy would, incred- would be incredibly communicable for those with GPAs about 4.0. It doesn't make sense to make A the highest grade and have the GPAs of the smartest among us, but to go with an A plus DF and keep PDF mandatory. Just my 4.2 cents. Got it. So, so th- those are people who have a GPA over 4.0 making the joke that A, a mandatory would actually hurt them as well. Can you yes. talk about... How are seniors thinking about jobs right now, right? There, there is already a fear that new employees aren't going to be able to be hired because it is legally required for someone to check your documents to make sure that everything's lined up. 
So what's going to happen to people who need to land a job to have OPT when are are you getting clarity from companies and recruiters or is it up in the air and people are freaking out? Actually, most companies have been dodging from what I gather, but some have actually sent out emails to new employees. They're like, oh, we're looking forward to having you. We'll keep on updating you with the situation. A couple of internships have been cancelled, but for full-time employment, it's either vague uh, reassurances or just radio silence. So it's also it's very iffy, and there's also the fear of a recession and that as well. Like, I've started lining up my grad school options. That's just all that I'm saying. Got it. In, in case you can't land a job, the thought being... Just go to grad school, and hopefully yep. when you graduate from grad school, things will have improved some. Yeah. Well, this was great. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat, and hopefully you're able to have some really meaningful experiences with your classmates over the next couple of months, even if they're not in person, um, to round out your experience at Columbia. And we'll, we'll definitely, yeah. we'll, we'll check back in and see how things are going in uh, a couple weeks. And if uh, Zoom University has gotten any better or is uh, the, uh, the complete waste of money you might be fearing right now. Uh, also, the other fear, Adam, is if Zoom, if Zoom University works out, then it, it might just change college, like colleges forever. Like, imagine an Ivy League admitting like, both online and on-campus students, that kind of scenario. Right. And so much of an education, at least at, you know, the way I think about it is, is meeting people in person. I think we're dealing with that on the corporate world too, right? Um, people aren't going to want to be remote five days a week, but I think most people are going to say, things worked okay. Why can't we be remote every Thursday and Friday? Yeah. Well, thank you so much and uh, good luck with your classes. Although it sounds like uh, you may not have to try as hard as you were before. Yeah. Thank you. That was great. Have a great evening. Bye. You too. It is a radical idea to consider that actually maybe, um, you know, in, in the future, college could look really different or the corporate world could look really different because of this experience we all had working remote, learning remote. Yeah. Totally different. I mean, the, uh, the things I've seen on Twitter are beware the we didn't know how good we had it when we were in quarantine blog posts that will be coming in, you know, mm-hmm. six to eight weeks. But I think we are learning some positive things from this. But I think people, the way things were wasn't just the way things were because of a fear of change. People enjoyed it and it worked overall. So I think, I think we're learning from this, but I don't think the shift is going to be as monumental as some people have said. I, for one, am very, very glad that I uh, had my college education in person, and I am really excited to get back to actually being in the workplace and not working from a tiny desk in my bedroom. Absolutely. But, you know, to all our listeners... We used to talk to you in person, and now you hear us through your phone or through your whatever device. And, or uh, Spotify or iTunes, which we're now on. So um, it seems to be working out. Um, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time.
This is Corona Pod. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy. Coronapod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat.